Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investment Advisors, LLC, PCIA, a federally registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. The following or preceding commentaries and responses are the opinions of Jason Noble, Andy Merchant, and their guests, and are not necessarily the opinions of PCIA, are for informational and educational purposes only, and are not and should not be considered investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, the podcast that focuses on strategies and ideas to answer the wealth questions you have, hosted by Prime Capital Wealth Advisors Jason Noble and Andy Merchant. As wealth advisors, they've spent years navigating the complex world of finance and wealth management for their clients. Each week, they share practical tips and insights to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether you're looking to start a business, build your investment portfolio, or simply improve your personal finances, the next 20 minutes promises to be informative, engaging, and most importantly, actionable. 20 Minutes of Clarity starts now. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity. I'm your co-host, Jason Noble. And with me today, I have Andy Merchant, our other co-host. Welcome, Andy. Great uh, great day to be talking uh, clear picture. Yes, and yeah. we got an important topic today, a very timely topic, something that I would imagine we're we're hearing quite a bit of within our client conversation, and that's the interest rate environment. Do you want to go ahead and get us kicked off on some of the questions and things that you're discussing right now with the interest rate environment we're all in? Yeah, no, Jason, it's a it's a good question, and uh, you know, um, kind of how I want to start it. You and I were talking earlier that uh, you know it's um, usually cash is king, right? That's what it's been said, and and for the last you know twelve or fifteen years, it's really been about you know, leverage due to the low interest rate environment uh, that we've been in. And now we're switching back. So I really want to just to talk with uh, with you and, and let our let our audience listen to maybe some some of the three key areas uh, that we think they should be aware about or just be more aware of, um, you know, really starting off with, you know, what does that mean for savings? Um, we'll go into that later today. What's it mean for the investment opportunity? How should you position your portfolio? And then lastly, which I think is on most people's mind, is, you know, leverage. I know a lot of times with borrowing money, it's changed a lot. And so how people think about how to leverage again uh, is is going to be, I think, a very important strategy going forward. So um, let's just kick it off with with savings. Uh, I know uh, we both work with a lot of those that are out there that are retiring today. And, and you know what, for those retiring, uh, this has been what you've been waiting for. Uh, now you don't have to go out and Right, Jason, and, and chase as much uh, a risk and to get your your cash flow. Um, I mean, what are we sitting on a five, little over five percent risk free return? Uh, six short term treasuries are five and a half percent. You can almost go out and lock up ten years worth of uh, of uh, treasury bills for just five percent. Um, I mean, it's it's what you've been yeah. waiting for. Yeah, I would say we have a unique uh, situation, uh, silver lining, so to speak. Uh, I would say in retirement planning, you could be looking at growth or income. You'd have to sacrifice one or the other, depending on what's going on in the market. And we had to sacrifice, you know, those yields. And just not that long ago, I mean, I was just pulling it up as we were talking just three years ago in 2021. Oh my gosh, it's not even, it's not even three years, but I was just, November I of 2021, <laughs> the the one year treasury it was 0.18 percent. Now it's five point three nine as we as we do our conversation, our recording today. Uh, so 
you know, uh, so I, now the silver lining is that we could look at both growth and income within the strategies with this interest rate environment that we're in, uh, which is absolutely wonderful. It's, it's nice to have uh, bonds are being back, right? Uh, I've been doing this for nearly 20 years. And for a long time, bonds were used as a hedge, uh, as, a, as, as a diversification measure. Now they're actually being used to help drive additional income, which is wonderful. Yeah, and and I feel like it should take a little bit of load off, um, you know, because retirees usually are switching more to, to you know that income focus, um, less than the growth. And so, you know, we always talk about you know measuring a portfolio based on total return, mm-hmm. um, which is income plus the growth you out that's out there. And you know, when you're accumulating assets, you know, you tend to have less income, more growth to get to your target return. Um, you know, but as you go to retire, you like to not have to rely on the, that volatility of the growth side. And so having this, this four and a half, five percent, I mean, you can go to your bank now, um, you know, and banks, just bank cash is, is paying a good four percent, um, not even having to get into CDs. So um, I think this is a time for retirees to, to breathe a little, be a little patient, uh, spend some time uh, kind of reviewing their their strategy. Uh, understanding where their income is going to come from, because this rate will will probably stay higher longer, uh, but will come back and normalize at some point, and then you'll be back into to that game. Uh, what about retirees? Or I mean, sorry, Jason, accumulators. How are how are you talking to your accumulation clients around, um, you know, this lower or this higher interest rate environment? Yeah, I got. We're just so used to always saying lower interest rate for many years now, right? It's finally <laughs> nice to say higher interest rate. And for my clients that are in the accumulation stage, so think about those who are saving. They're typically in their 20s, 30s, 40s, even into their 50s. They could be early 60s, depending on when they plan to retire. But they're with the, in the, what we refer to as the accumulation phase. Uh, what I'm having a conversation with them about is what are they doing for short-term goals and I mean, cash management accounts? So short-term goals will be anything within typically three years is what my barometer really starts at. Uh, I don't want to have too much market exposure uh, within goals that are within three years. So I would be looking at more conservative investments, even going into bonds, treasuries, things of that nature, and then slowly moving into more cash holdings, cash alternative holdings as we get even within a year. Um, So what are they doing within those short-term goals? But then cash management accounts is something that I know both Andy and I both do, which is it's part of the Clear Picture Wealth program that we that we both offer and serve to our clients, where um, we're building that emergency savings and it's the money in, money out. What do we do with the difference? And what we're doing with the difference is making sure that emergency savings is built and has an adequate amount. But if we have a short term goal that's in excess of the emergency savings. That's where we could be able to capture some additional yield using the, the some of the tools and services that we're discussing earlier. That's more for the accumulation stage. And Andy, I'm going to kick a question back to you on the pre-retirement. So they're they're mm-hmm. about they're about you know three to five years before retirement. How can they leverage this current interest rate environment to better to to put them in a situation to take advantage of it? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good question. And, and I really, it kind of maybe ties a little bit back into what we were, what I was talking about earlier is this is a time to kind of revisit your income stream, be patient, 
um, you know, for so long right now, if, uh, if, if most of your advisors or most of your strategies have probably been around getting that return through growth. And we had to do that for retirees um, and pre-retirees. And so now it's an opportunity to kind of shift and really think about what is my income needs going to be in, in retirement? And then how do you offset those income needs uh, with Social Security and other features or protected income? And what, I'm, what I know Jason, you and I are talking about is with these uh, higher interest rate environments and, and not to go into the, to the weeds that we could, but, you know, certain strategies, you know, the annuity markets have a lot more income coming through them. And so they're going to provide better benefits. And so I would be telling a pre-retiree right now, let's go solve your income through risk-free return, which would be your treasuries at a high yield cash flow. Uh, and then I think you should start looking at annuities right now, um, just because the higher interest rate environments provide a lot better uh, living benefits and accumulation benefits that you probably won't see when the rates settle back. We are seeing that we have what we're seeing is higher participation rates yep. within um, a number of the fixed index annuities. I, I would say since we're on a topic of annuities, right, it's so important. There's a there's so many different flavors and variations of annuities. And still to this day, I come across annuities that have high commissions that are not serving anyone's best interest other than the advisor's interest. So it's one of those things that if you're watching and listening, uh, it's so important that you're working with an advisor that looks at the entire balance sheet, the entire financial plan, and is not an insurance agent. Just focusing on every problem has to be solved with an insurance solution, right? It doesn't, that's not how the world works. And I think Andy brings up such a really good point is with these interest rate environments, we're seeing some really favorable things inside the insurance space, inside the annuity space uh, that are, are able to uh, serve our clients really well and fit into their financial plan. You know, I, I look at it, if you have lower interest rates, you're going to have to put more money into the income bucket of your strategy. With higher interest rates, you still, you still have to put money yeah. towards it, but not as much. Yep. You don't have to have as much in the income part of your strategy in the income bucket because you have the nice yields coming in. So it's just allowing then to have more money in the growth part of the portfolio because you don't need as much in the income. Having that growth take advantage of the environment that we're in on the stock side. I know we're going to stay focused on this 20 minutes of clarity on the bond side, but it's all connected. Yes. What you do on the on the growth side of the equation impacts the income, and what you do on the income impacts the growth. It's making sure that you have a holistic approach, which is so important. The things that we talk about here on Twenty Minutes of Clarity. Yeah. Well, you tie into it. I mean, it's all integrated, right? That's the, that's the root and foundation of, of the Clear Picture Wealth Program. Is it's to take everything into consideration, but simplify it to a one page, and and then build a strategy around that. And when you're talking about those that are saying, I need income or I want growth, well, then we have to say, well, how much equity exposure, how much fixed income? And then it comes back into how much risk premium do I want to try to generate? And what, uh, what a higher interest rate environment does also is it pushes up that risk-free return, which then therefore takes up, you know, pushes in how much, how much risk premium am I willing to take? And, uh, and that's going to help us develop the strategy. And then, Jason, to your point, uh, right, your strategy has to constantly be evolving. It's, it's more of a managed strategy using passive investments. 
uh, versus an active management strategy and an advisor reviewing it. So I think that I think there's a great opportunity for those that are listening today to say, where's my portfolio at today? Can I take off a little bit of the equity gas, rebalance to maybe take just take some of this risk-free premium opportunity, um, and then really be patient um, as this market has some opportunity to to add some value um, at a lower risk profile than maybe what you would have had um, before. You know, and, and when I was looking over to my left, Andy, I was listening to everything you're saying, but I was also looking into what was the S&P 500 equally weighted index for the year. And so for those that are listening and watching, you have the S&P 500 index, which is the top 500 companies, but it's it's not equally weighted. When when they're talking about that at the news at night, it's weighted based off of how large the companies are. So larger companies will have a larger weighting into how that index is performing. And you will see that it's up for the year to day around this time of recording around 8%. However, if you take all the 500 companies and you give them an equal slice and then you equally weight it, that's what that is referred to as, the S&P 500 equal weight index is down. 2.72 percent and a large portion of the s&p 500's returns this year came from just seven stocks now i i would say you know they, they call them uh what, what is it now referred to it as the magnificent 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 seven or whatever okay yeah just put marbles in my mouth when i say that right andy but but you know, th- there's always been like these hot stocks and oh, the, oh, look at the fang with the double A's now, right? All this other stuff coming into play on that side of the equation, on the growth side of the equation. But don't let the S&P 500 just fool you. What I mean by fool you is th- unless you have a, a decent exposure to those seven stocks, which could really re, which could throw off the risk parameters of your strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're probably coming in above water, a little bit above water, depending on your asset mix. When I say above water, you're probably coming in five, maybe six percent rate of return, or so forth and so on. At the time of this conversation, now if you were using like a, a tactical approach on the stock side of the equation. Well, yeah, then yeah, then you would see some ad- additional rate of return with the same level of risk, uh, same level of risk, which is called alpha. Now, I'm not going to try to get too geeky, Andy. I know I kind of got on my soapbox there, but yeah, what I'm getting yeah. at is when I'm building out a strategy for my clients going near and into retirement, is I have a growth bucket. We we open it up at Schwab or Fidelity or Goldman Sachs. It's called the growth bucket, and that's where we're having more of the equity positions, the stock positions. But then I have the income bucket. The income bucket is where we're comprising of the bond ladders and income producing strategies. It could be conservative. It could be like dividend based stocks, but very small percentage in that because I'm not looking for volatility. I'm looking for that income coming in. Yeah. So when I was talking about how much do you weigh into the growth bucket versus the income bucket, it's based off of what is those, what are those income needs looking like? For the next really five to seven years and building that out. And I will go longer term in the times of economic and uh, uh, volatility. So, you know, in, in, uh, in uh, 2022, we were going uh, really five, 
closer to the six years out on the income bucket. So when the volatility was happening on the growth side of the equation, they still had six years of income set aside that was producing dividends and yields off of it. They Mm -hmm. weren't worried about what was going on with the equity market as much because they had that money set aside in a growth bucket. Now in 2023 here, here comes the, the growth bucket moving back in the right direction. We'll use that to replenish the income bucket. So what I'm talking about is a bucket strategy that I use for income planning. Now, the bucket strategy should not be used the day you retire. It actually starts to be used three to five years before retirement. So you have a proactive plan in place and you're able to make those adjustments as things progress. And yeah, so I think I think I think, think I articulated mess- that well. Do you have any comments yeah. that you want to add? Yeah, no, just just I think it's a good transition point. I think that the key is right now is is with a higher interest rate environment on the accumulation or the investment strategy side needs to say it's allowed us to pause, be patient and redevelop a strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I, I want people to gather. But what I want to do for the last few minutes of our 20 minutes here is on the other side of a higher interest rate environment is leverage. You know, and leverage has been king uh, since we cut rates in 2008. Uh, everything was leveraged. Your home mortgage was a low rate, so you could buy a lot more with that. So, Jason, I just want to hit on for the last two or three, four minutes um, yes. around what, what about leverage? I mean, we're still we have a housing shortage. People always want to have, you know, that new house. And there's been a lot of changes. So, you know, how are you walking through? Um, client decisions that might have been looking at homes and now they're in the seven and a half percent rate or wanting to buy a car um, at a much higher interest rate. How are you helping them navigate uh, through maybe a higher cash outflow need? It, it comes back to our cash management account, right? Money in, money out, and what do we do with the difference? And yeah, so if you look at the 40 year average of mortgages, it's at seven percent. We just got very lucky. <laughs> I got luck, right? Yeah. Really since 2009, 10, yeah. where we start to see those interest rates of mortgages go super low and then down to two and a quarter just in 2020 um, and 2019. I mean, absolutely incredible just to think mortgage rates could get to that point. Uh, so what I'll say is going back to the more of the 40-year average, it's just the conversation that I'm having right now, Andy, on money in, money out. What are we doing with the difference? And if the money out on the payments are going to impact it where they have, where it would negatively impact their long-term financial plan, well, we need to have more in that cash management account so yep. that we could yep. be able to put a bigger down payment on and, and have that monthly payment come in. Now, now, I mean, I, I think the best thing about a stock market predictor is they make fortune tellers look good. Okay. So I'm not going to go down the route of saying I know where mortgage interest rates are going to be in a year or five years or 10 years from now. I will say if there is a reversion back to the mean, then then that's when those who enter into the homes with the higher interest rates that we're seeing now, they could possibly look at doing a refinance at that time. Or even yep. recasting the mortgage is another yep. thing that they could be considering. Uh, Andy, what are some of the things that you're discussing about leverage? Yep. I think you're going to have a more astute answer. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. My astute answer is what I've been hearing, hearing around is buy the home, rent the rate, 
Yes. And so, uh, you know, don't let rates do their way. What's happened is, you know, lower interest rate environment just allowed us to buy probably more home than we, we you know, the natural progression should have been. Um, you know, if you think about where rates are um, to where they were, I mean, it's about $150,000 difference in, in home price for the same payment. It's a pretty big number, right? I mean, my ransom numbers, a seven, right now, the average rate is 7.69% on a 30 year. If you were to buy a home and even it had the rate difference of a 6.1%, that's a, that's a $75,000 difference. So cut that back even more. It's pretty substantial. So the reality is, is that you might have to slow down. You have to might buy that different home and granted things cost more. Um, so considering, you know, still strategies, arm strategies are back to where, right, you get a fixed rate for three years or five years or seven years. It's a little cheaper. Uh, but you got to remember, you, if you if you stick to the strategy where maybe you don't put as much down, buy a little smaller house, that money you save in your cash management account should give you a little bit of offset. Um, and then you can build the house and to your point, Jason, you know, recast it, reset it, but talk to your banker. That's the big thing um, that we're working on. But leverage, is, it's still a good investment. Leverage is still something that's important. Um, we just got to understand that we have to go at it and maybe a little different than maybe a lot of people listening haven't had to, to deal with since, you know, ever. <laughs> if you haven't bought a house in the last 13 years, uh, you haven't had to go through a strategy where rates were, were here. So that's yeah, a, we that's both have take. clients that remember rates at 17 percent in the late in the in the late yeah. 70s, early 80s. Right. It, it's it's relative to the time of the conversation. And yep. uh that's the, the one thing I love about our industry is if you if you rely on what you knew just six months ago, you're already behind the times. Yeah. Well, the, well, well, that was Andy Merchant and I'm Jason Noble with 20 Minutes of Clarity. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll be back. Thank you. See you later.